Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the Center, and I'm here once again with my cohort, Priscilla Weigel, one of our inclusion consultants. Welcome, Priscilla. Thanks for having me, Cindy. So we talked in one of our previous podcasts about doing a series on some of the components of the day mm-hmm. uh, that make up what is pretty routine for many child care programs. And so we thought we would talk about those parts of the day, including group time, um, free play, and meal time. Yeah. So we're going to see if we can do this over the course of maybe the next two or three podcasts and, and really kind of dissect those and talk about the uh, importance of them in, in helping children reach um, their goals and, and meeting needs of children. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start today with group time. Okay. And I know in your work, you... You see, you go out and you work with programs around often challenging behaviors, mm-hmm. other times other kinds of accommodations for children with special needs. But group time is often right up there yep. with some of the more problematic times of the day. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about that? I think uh, oftentimes it stems from our expectation of what group time should look like, not what the child is capable of achieving during group time. So when you think of group time, what do you picture in your mind? What's the first thing that pops up for you? I think of everyone sitting around in a circle Mm -hmm. with the teacher kind of in the lead. Yep. Maybe with a storybook, you know, maybe going over the rules or the schedule for the day. Right. And and sometimes, depending on the group of kids, that circle can be huge. Mm -hmm. So the child that's really at the largest part of the circle from the teacher is a long ways away from that book or whatever that teacher's trying to do. And so when you look at that even, just that visual, that's something I think that's very common. When you say group time, that jumps into my mind too. You know, just this group of kids, oftentimes they're on a rug or on carpet squares, but or there's a tape mark on the floor, but it often is a circle because it's often called circle time, you know, so they have that connection. But realistically, for those children that are really sitting in that circle, if we really took a poll and, and went through, and we talked in our last podcast about just understanding children's temperament and personality types and characters, that what do they really, what feels good to them? And this can, this can go to children with special needs as well, especially, I think, too, because that often, we often see more unique needs in, you know, just how they can sit and be a part of things, perhaps. Um, but just looking at each individual child and thinking, taking a poll of your group and saying, hmm, is this really their favorite way to be listening to a story? Is this really the best way to get this concept across to my group by talking about it way over here? Or having them wait a turn to touch that really cool science object when there's 20 of them to wait? So by the time it gets to kid number 18, have they even remembered why we're passing this starfish around? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're gonna if you're gonna do something that 
is called group time. And, and really often the goal of group time is checking in with your kids in your class, making that connection that's more structured. Maybe a lot of, a lot of um, early childhood folks use that as a, this is what's open today, this is what we're doing today, these are the things that we have out that are new. So it's kind of like a news program in a lot of cases. You know, just here's the updates, go, go have fun. It's a way to reconnect socially. You know, they oftentimes teachers use it as a sharing time where kids can take turns and tell about what's exciting to them. But when you're waiting your turn for, once again, all those other friends, it's really hard to listen intently to what's being said. Mm-hmm. So, you know, breaking the group into smaller pieces is huge, huge way, a huge way to be successful with group time if you really look at what your goals are. You want children to take the information that's being given out and actually remember it and use it. And sometimes it's really hard to do that when you're in this large blob. Now, how would you break it into smaller groups? That's an intriguing idea. Mm-hmm. And I just talked to a director the other day. There's there's a center that I go to quite often over the years that has done a beautiful job of that. They have... Um, it's it's a lot of kind of I think it's really encouraged by the high scope method too just that really small connected groups so there's two staff in the classroom and they have their primary groups that they're in charge of so when they're going to have check-in time or or when group time is going to start they separate the group into two parts and I think the one center that I'm referring to, they're both both groups are doing the same thing at the same time, but they're at different ends of the classroom space, which is you know not always the easy. You can't always do it because you don't have two people. I mean, if you don't have two people, that's hard. But um, there is a way to do it though, which I will get to. So there, one is over at one end connecting with maybe six or seven kids. The other teachers at the other end connecting with six or seven kids. The children are talking about what their plan is for free play. You know, they know that they're going to be coming to this open-ended playtime. What do you think you're going to start with? So the child has a plan. They can verbalize that they're talking about what they might do. It's just, it's just kind of this nice, low-key social connection time for mm-hmm. the teachers. They use the same idea when they're doing concepts and learning things specifically. If you're alone, you can still do that by, you know, let's say your family child care provider and you think, oh, my my older kids in my group really need some more challenges. So how am I going to get them going out? Well, I'm going to get the little guys busy doing something, whether that's eating snack in their high chairs, and then while they're doing that, I can be sitting at the table with the older kids, and we can be talking about some cool things that I found at the library, and and what what you know what is what what is the sun? Is it like a ball of fire? Do you think it's cold? Chunk of ice? What do you guys think? Just you can do it. You can do it. And I think it's more if you look at more as a conversation interaction. That's that you'll be more successful. I think what you're describing is group times. Group time as a purpose, yes. Then group time as an event or an activity. Yes. So instead of we come in and group time is the first thing we do in the morning, and then the next thing we do in the morning is you know B, C, and D. Yeah. You're saying group time is important because this is what it means to us. So it actually, group time can take place here, or group time can take place. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. and it's really more. Um, its purpose is different the way you describe it, mm-hmm. and it, it takes the tension out of it. I think we you know we talked a little bit in our last podcast about being stress free. Right. We want teachers to be stress free, 
And so sometimes we can get ourselves so worked up with that visual picture of how it's supposed to be that we forget about all these little people that we're really supposed to be meeting their needs, not the the whole perfectness of the situation. Well, and it's obviously so often that some of the challenging, challenging behaviors occur um, at this time of the day. Right. And, and I'll never forget a story you told once about... Um, a music event where the children were in a circle and mm-hmm. had the musical instrument in front of them but could not touch it yes. until the instructions had been made and there had been some kind of mini lecture about mm-hmm. musical, you know, whatever it was, and, mm-hmm. you know, practicing notes or something. So maybe the chi- children sat there for a period of time with that musical instrument screaming, right <laughs> screaming out to well, them, touch me, touch you know, me, touch me. Of course you're going to touch that thing that's of course. so enticing. Right. And then you're going to be um, in trouble because right. you've done something you were told not to. Right. So sometimes, you know, it, it, we set children up for these challenges. And, and really, that is such a normal behavior. Completely normal. So I think the way you're describing um, looking at circle time or group time through a different lens. Mm-hmm. What do we really want to do with it, and how do we best meet the children's needs, not my own needs? Right. Well, and, and just to take that example that you gave and, and talk about kind of strategies or ways to change that situation, those instruments are there. They're exciting. They're enticing. So why not let the kids explore them and then bounce from that exploration to a discussion of, oh, I hear somebody shaking it. What do you notice about that? Do you hear something? What do you think is in there? Why would it make that sound? All those things, all that inquisition and exploration is getting that brain to work. That's the goal, right? To connect with those cognitive skills. And we're doing that when we're letting the kids start through exploration instead of stifling that and saying, whatever you do, don't touch that really cool thing that's right in front of you that's just within reach. Excellent. Well, I hope this has stimulated people listening to think a little bit further And certainly there are some, uh, I think, some good materials out there that have been written about how to do some effective group time. And so I I encourage people listening to really uh, maybe explore some professional development opportunities uh, uh, about this. Because once again, we don't want to set children up for... You know, failure, or mm-hmm. and not failure so much as the opportunity to engage in challenging behaviors. Right. We want to be successful, and we know that's what teachers want as well. Right. So hopefully, this has been something that has made some people kind of think, hmm, I wonder about that. Mm-hmm. And that's so, what we want. Yep, thank you once again. And we will do um, our next podcast on free play, which is another great opportunity for children to. Um, Learn and explore and experiment. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you once again, Priscilla. Sure. That's all for now. See you.